Union Wesley, let me call your attention back to a portion of scripture. Um, and this is an uncommon passage of scriptures that were chosen. They really are from um, 1 Kings chapter 19 and then um, from Matthew chapter 6. Um, I want to look again at the Old Testament. The Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 19. I want to read again verse number 4 where we find these words of the prophet Elijah. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, listen to his words, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than my father's. I know that this is the beginning of Advent season. But please understand that statistics say that it is during this season that more people are under stress and more people experience anxiety than at any other time in the year. Um, so hear me, what I want to share with you this Sunday as we begin this Advent season is this thought. This is the wrong season to be stressed. This is the wrong season to be stressed. Would you say that with me? This is the wrong season to be stressed. Would you look at your neighbor and tell them, this is the wrong season to be stressed. Yeah, this is, this is the wrong season season to be anxious and to be worried about this is the wrong season to be stressed dr randy cooper said that stress is catch this union wesley stress is the response of the sympathetic nervous system he says stress is the way our bodies respond to perceive or actual danger. Catch it. He says it's the way our bodies respond to perceived or actual danger. I guess you could say it another way. Uh, it's the way our bodies respond to um, real or made up danger. Are you with me? Our blood pressure skyrockets. Our muscles tense up. We don't know if we want to run or if we want to fight. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? Stress is the reaction to danger. Danger that is perceived or danger that is actual. It is a reaction to danger. Real, catch this, real or imagined. Real 
or make-believe, real or invented. Stress is not the cause. I got to say that again. Stress is not the cause. I'm going to say it one more time. Stress is not the cause. But stress is the effect of stress. It's the result or the consequences of stress. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? Don't tune me out just yet. But hear me this morning. There is nothing you and I are dealing with that causes stress. There is, I find myself keep repeating myself this morning, there is nothing you and I are dealing with that causes stress. Can I run a short list? Baby mama drama or baby daddy drama does not cause stress. Excuse my language, but crazy co-workers does not cause stress. Health challenges or issues does not cause stress. Let's be real this morning. Church folk do not cause, don't laugh at me, do not cause stress. Hear me somebody, the lack of finances in this Christmas season does not cause stress. Stress is the effect of what you and I perceive you and I are dealing with. It is what you and I have told ourselves, got to say that again, it's what you and I have told ourselves about the power of what you and I are dealing with that causes us to be stressed. It is what you and I have convinced ourselves of what we're dealing with has power to do to us. We have convinced ourselves that whatever it is has more power over us and our bodies are responding to what we said has greater power than we have. Are you listening to me this morning? What causes stress is our bodies are responding to what we told ourselves about how powerful the thing we're dealing with is. So whatever it is we are facing, we see it as powerful or powerful enough to harm us and even to destroy us. Whatever we're dealing with, we see it as a threat. We see it as having more control over us than we have control over the issue. 
Oh, you'll have to say amen this morning. I pray God helps all of us with this message today. And because of how powerful I see what I'm dealing with is, my body responds to it in a stressful, anxious, and nervous kind of way. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? I said, are you listening to me, Union Wesley? The enemy will get in your mind if you let him. If you open the door, if you leave it cracked, the enemy will step in your mind and cause you and I to start perceiving some things that does not even have to exist. It might be something that we have concocted and we have made up. We have allowed it to be perceived as having more powerful than even the God that we serve. The enemy will get in your mind. It will cause you and I to perceive some things about some things, again, that don't even exist. And that do not have the power that God ultimately has over our life. So can I help you right here, Union Wesley? Come on. Can, can I help you right here this morning? Lord, help us to understand because we have given people power who do not deserve the power that we gave them. I said, you and I relinquished, we gave them power that they do not deserve. We've given the jobs power that the jobs do not deserve. We have given sickness and disease power that they do not deserve. We have given addictions power that they do not deserve. Hear me somebody, it's time for you to take back the power. It's time for you to take control over issues and people that we have given power to. Somebody needs to say, I know that's right. The enemy will get in your mind and convince you and I that what you and I are dealing with has more power than it really, really has. Your mind will play tricks on you. Your mind will send you into stress mode if you let it. If you and I don't take control, then we will allow ourselves to be yanked around on the chain of issues and people. Stress is potentially dangerous. We might as well say it. Stress can take you right out of here if you let it. You can let yourself wallow and walk around in stress all your life, but you'll find yourself making a much faster exit out of life than you may have intended on making. Again, I say stress is potentially dangerous. And stress will take you right out of here. You and I, we got to, we got to learn how to deal with stress. We have to learn 
how to handle some things and even how to handle some people because if you and I don't learn how to handle some issues and learn how to handle some people we'll be somewhere sitting in a corner in some facility that's on lockdown that you can't come and go when you want to come and go You'll be in one of them jackets that got you hugging yourself all the time. You better get control of stress and anxiety or I'm telling you, it's dangerous and it's deadly. If we don't learn how to deal with stress, we'll be mad at everybody. We'll be mad in our coming. And mad in our, listen, we will wake up mad. Do you know anybody like that? Who is mad all the time, every time you see them. They mad at the world. I'm telling you, if, if you allow issues and people to get the best of you, you'll be mad all the time. Or, listen, you'll be so confused that one day you're happy. And the next day you're mad. One minute you're speaking to people. And the next moment you walk right by the person as if you never saw them. Come on, you know I'm right today. Listen, I, I, I wish you would just make up your mind. If you don't want to speak to me, that's all right. But don't speak to me today and don't speak to me tomorrow. Just make up your mind. Be consistent with who you are. Anybody with me today? Just be consistent. Hear me this morning. Stress is not the same as pressure. Not the same, I said, as pressure. The apostle Paul achieved a lot in his life. He wrote most of the New Testament, but all that he achieved while under opposition or under pressure from his enemies. Hear me, pressure and opposition comes into all of our lives. Don't ever believe that you get a tax exempt or a free pass when it comes to opposition. Everybody has to deal with opposition and pressure from the enemy. Hear me. Pressure and opposition comes into all of our lives. So there's nothing special about you because you're going through some pressure and some opposition. As a matter of fact, you would be special if you ain't never had no opposition and if you ain't never had no pressure. So hear me somebody that's in a season of pressure and opposition. You just like the rest of us. Amen somebody. Paul deals with pressure and he deals with opposition. For Paul says in Philippians 4 and 4 he says rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says in case you didn't hear me the first time he says again I say rejoice. Paul says be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Don't be nervous about anything. Don't be on edge about anything. But Paul says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests, what do you need? Let it be made known to the God that you serve. Listen, don't tell the pastor. Tell God what it is that you need. 
Your prayer partner cannot give you what you need. If you got a need, you ought to tell God about it. Anybody ever prayed and took your need to God in prayer? Anybody ever seen God bless you with what it is you stood in need of? That's a blessing when you and I can go to God in prayer and then be living witnesses of what the Lord does that we ask God to do. Somebody ought to say, man, I know that's right. But Paul goes on to say in Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, he says, And the peace of God, God has peace that comes with a relationship with God. He says, and the peace of God. And then he says, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Some folk don't understand. With all of the drama, with all of the issues in your life, some folk don't understand why you're still smiling. Some folk don't understand why you still can say, God is good. Some folk don't understand why you can still come to church on a rainy, cold Sunday morning. Some people don't understand why you can still clap your hands in the sanctuary. Some people don't understand that you can still wave your hand in the sanctuary. That's the peace of God that passes all understanding but that ain't even the best part of what Paul says he says and the peace of God which passes all understanding catch it catch it Union Wesley he says will guard your heart and it will guard your mind if you want to keep your mind if you want to keep your mind then you must keep your mind and your heart in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me, the only reason I have not gone crazy with all that I've been through is because the peace of God has kept my heart and kept my mind. Somebody ought to say, man, the Lord has kept me. And that's the reason why uh, stress has not gotten the best of me and that's the reason why I still know my name I still know my address and I still know what God has done in my life somebody say man I'm moving quickly but the prophet Elijah was under stress oh yes he is and if, he, and if Elijah can be under stress don't you believe that you better that you got a closer relationship with God than Elijah did and here he is anxious he just won a battle with the 450 prophets of Baal God had just given him a tremendous victory but it seems like no sooner than he had courage now in the pericope, we see how cowardice Elijah has become. Let me tell you why he's become 
a coward? So it seems. Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. If I don't do to you and more by this time tomorrow, may the gods do to me worse than you did to them. The message from Jezebel called Elijah to experience stress and anxiety. Elijah perceived Jezebel as a threat and he went into panic mode. Elijah or Jezebel said by messenger, if I don't kill you by tomorrow, this time may the gods do to me what you did to them. Catch her union, Wesley. Jezebel did not send a tangible message. It wasn't through Instagram. It wasn't an email. It was not a text message. But in verse 3, it says, Elijah, when he saw that, and I got a question, what did he see? She did not send a tangible message. She did not send a paper degree with her signature. Elijah, what did you see? You didn't get a text message. What is it that you saw when she did not send anything tangible? I tell you what he saw. Elijah saw in his mind Jezebel the queen killing him and destroying him like the verbal message that she sent. In other words, he saw Jezebel doing exactly what she sent somebody to tell him she was going to do. What we perceived, what we allow in our mind to control us and even to get the best of us. Union Wesley, are you with me? Come on, are you listening today? Listen, one person, Jezebel, got a reaction out of Elijah that the 450 prophets of Baal could not get out of Elijah. He stared down 450 prophets of Baal, but one person has him stressed out and running scared. One person. Can I help somebody right here? Come on, talk to me for a moment. Can, can I help somebody right here? Union Wesley, I said, can I help somebody right here? Listen. Sometimes we waste too much time being stressed out over one person. Sometimes we allow one person to make us worry. One person to make us anxious. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? It ain't everybody. It's just one. 
It's not everybody on the job. It's just one. It's not everybody in the family. Just one. It's not everybody in the organization. Just one. It's not everybody in the church. Just one. Hear me somebody. Quit letting one person stress you out. One person got you annoyed. One person got you ticked off. One person got you frazzled and frustrated and flustered. The devil is a liar. I refuse to be anxious and worried about one person. Come on, somebody. I refuse to let one somebody have me stressed out and worried. I, I refuse, Union Wesley, to let anybody and to let anything believe that they have the power over my life to stress me out and to get me flustered. Listen, somebody, anybody that can get you stressed out, they control you. Anybody you let got you anxious and worried, they control you. And listen, you'll be like a puppet on a string. They'll start pulling your strings just to watch you jump and watch you holler. The devil is a liar. I've spent the last time worried about just one person or just one thing. Elijah is stressed out and worried about Jezebel. I'm, I'm done. Elijah looks like a coward. He looks stressed out because he's on the run. And you and I must understand that, that the Advent season is the wrong season to be stressed. It's the wrong season to be annoyed and to be worried. It's the wrong season to worry about what you cannot afford and what you cannot buy. No, that's not the season of Advent. Advent is the season of anticipation and expectation for the one who's about to come. Hear me somebody, this ain't the season to be worried when you think about who's coming. And when he comes, he comes to change everything that's wrong. He comes to fix everything that's broken. When he comes, he comes to bless my life he comes to be a blessing to you and to be a blessing to me. Aren't you glad that when he shows up, he intervenes? When he shows up, everything changes. When he shows up, blessings come. You and Wesley, you and I ought to be glad that in the Advent season, it's the wrong season to be anxious, but we're glad because of who's coming. Yes. Union Wesley, Elijah is stressed and he's worried. He's on the run and he's running for his life. Yes. Things look bad for a brother. But please understand, and I'm done right here. Look at where he's running to. Look, look at where Elijah, the man of God, look at where 
he's running to us right there in verse 3. He says, Elijah the prophet took his servant and ran to bear Sheba, which belonged or was in Judah. Elijah, the man of God, ran to bear Sheba, which is in Judah. Elijah ran to bear Sheba, which belongs or is in Judah. Beersheba is where he ran, and Beersheba is in Judah. I'm done. Did you know that Judah means praise? Did you hear what I said? Judah means praise. So Elijah runs to the place of praise. Hear me, somebody, when the enemy comes after you, when the enemy is hot on your heels, do like Elijah did and run to the place of praise. This ain't the season to stay away from the fellowship of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is the season. If you ain't got two nickels to rub together to make a dime, this is the season to run to the place of praise. I'm done, Union Wesley, but praise is our weapon to deal with our enemy. Praise is what we use when our backs are up against the wall. When you feel challenged emotionally, when you are challenged by problems, when you are challenged by troubles, when you are challenged even by struggles, let's learn to steal away. Let's learn to steal away to Jesus. Let's learn, I don't have long to stay here. Let's run to the place of praise. I'm done. Praise is my weapon. Praise is what I use when I'm dealing with stressful situations and even stressful people. Stress or praise is my new weapon. Did you hear what I said? Union Wesley, praise is my new weapon. It ain't a gun. It's not a switchblade. It's not pepper spray. It's not a pet bull. But my new weapon is my praise. I dare you, Union Wesley, take out your new weapon. Use your new weapon when you find yourself with stressful people and stressful situations. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Praise the Lord in the sanctuary. Praise him with a loud clashing cymbal. Praise him with the lute and the heart. Let everything praise ye the Lord. I will 
This is the wrong season to be stressed. 